Amen. Please be seated tonight. I would first of all like to give honor to um, Pastor Rodney Landtroop, um, to this great church. So many friends and so many family that's here tonight. I feel so blessed. And I feel like I'm right at home. Is that all right? I feel like I'm right at home tonight, uh, surrounded by so many friends and family. And it's such a blessing and such an honor to be here with my wife. Um, we take these opportunities um, that they honor us so much that you would ask us to be here with you tonight. We thank so highly of you. We respect you so much. And we're so thankful for the opportunity to be here tonight. And uh, Brother Ogden, good to see you. I have many memories of uh, Bible quizzing in the District of North Carolina. And uh, I believe in Bible quizzing. I believe that there's no greater way to influence and to grow the future of the apostolic movement than putting the Word of God into young people. I truly believe that that's one of the main things that we can do to help influence um, the apostolic movement. And I, I, don't, I don't plan to, to, uh, to go on and on and on tonight, but I do feel like I have a word from the Lord uh, for you tonight. So if you would please turn to Philippians chapter 2, we'll begin reading at verse 9. I apologize to the to the sound team back there, uh, working on the fly, but I, they might be able to get that on the screen. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 9, we can begin reading. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and the things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know what that tells me? That tells me two things. That tells me that all of creation will bow under the authority of the name Jesus, both in word and in deed. Every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. That means every action and every word. See, words alone can only get you so far. Words alone can only do so much, but that tells me that everyone is going to be under the authority of the name of Jesus, both in word and in deed. And a following portion of scripture, Acts chapter 4, verse 7, very quickly I'll read through this. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have ye done this? And then Peter, being filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and you elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, it's only by him does this man stand before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of the builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. And so, following these portions of scripture, I would like to speak to you tonight for the next few minutes on this title, simply, The Name of Jesus. The Name of Jesus. How many people believe in the name of Jesus? How many people know that you've been saved by the name of Jesus? That the blood of the name of Jesus covered you and washed your sins away? Is anybody excited about the name of Jesus tonight? In an apostolic church in 2023, do people still get excited about the name of Jesus?
Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. You see, we are the people of the name. In the early beginnings of this apostolic movement in North America, we can go back to the revival at Azusa Street, and we can point to other um, different organizations that were, that, were begin, that were begun by the belief in the power of the name of Jesus. And you see, that was um, part of the reason we fell under scrutiny and we fell under ridicule for holding a biblical view on oneness and we were called by some organizations Jesus-only people. Well, you, Jesus, the name of Jesus isn't enough. You have to baptize people in titles. And you have to uh, go along with the tradition of the doctrine of the Trinity. And you have to do this and you have to do that. And we were ridiculed for baptizing people in the name of Jesus for that distinction. Well, I'm here to preach to you tonight that we're not Jesus-only people. We're Jesus-everything people. We preach in the name of Jesus, and we baptize in the name of Jesus, and we lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus, and we believe that they can be healed. The name of Jesus is the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We're Jesus everything, people. In the name of Jesus, there's authority to forgive sins. In the name of Jesus, there's authority to cast out spirits. You see, there's no principle or power or ruler of darkness that can stand against the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus has power and it has authority. I heard this illustration, this illustration recently. If there is a group of people committing a crime, for example, we could say there's a riot going on somewhere. And a police officer arrives on the scene. He has the authority to do something about it. He has the authority to execute the order of law, but he might not have the power to do it. If there's 100 people in a riot and one police officer, he might have the authority to do something, but he doesn't have the power to do it. Well, I'm here to tell you tonight that the name of Jesus has both power and it has authority. It's not just empty words. It's not just saying something and making a wish, but the name of Jesus is backed up the name of Jesus has power behind it. I'm here to tell you tonight that the name matters. The name matters. When I was growing up, I spent many summers on the Michigan campgrounds, the William R. Starr Michigan campgrounds in the summer. Me and several of my cousins, we would take a week or two, and our parents would take us up there to see Grandma and Grandpa, and we would spend a few weeks out of the summer hanging out in the Michigan campgrounds, we, uh, we were mostly unsupervised, not completely, but mostly unsupervised, and we would, you know, it's a bunch of 10 to 12-year-old kids, and we got into some mischief. But I, re I recall one instance in particular where me and my cousins, we were talking to these kids, and you know how kids are, you know, they might instigate the other ones. And there was a little, a little chirping going on, if you know what I mean. A little back and forth was going on. And one of the kids came up to to me and my cousins, and he said, well, do you know who I am? He said, my grandpa, he's the superintendent of this campground, and you th if you think you can talk to us like that, well, you've got another thing coming to you. My grandpa's the superintendent, and he could get all of y'all kicked out of here. And me, in, in, my, in my wisdom as a youth, I looked at him, and I said, well, you don't know who I am. 
I said, take a look at the sign on the entrance of this campground. See what it says, the William R. Star Campground. That is my great grandpa, and you, you can't say that when you're standing on his campground. Well, I'm here to tell you tonight that the name of Jesus is a much higher name. The name of Jesus is a much higher name that we can call on when we go against the principalities of darkness and the rulers of this world. We can say that the name that we have is a much higher name. The name that we call upon on it has much more power and much more authority. I'm not scared of anything that goes on in this world today. I, I'm not afraid of anything that goes on because I know that that there's power in the name that we have. You know, there's always been great significance that's placed on names. Some names are popular for a little while, and then they disappear on the circumstances. And the reason names carry weight is because they represent something. Names are not just empty, but they're powerful because they represent something, Brother Ogden. If you say the word Nike, well, that's just a word, really. But we know it's more than a word because there's something that's represented with it. We automatically associate sports and business and popularity and prestige and whatever other things you can think of. All of that is attached to a name, and there's significance that comes with a name. A name captures a person's image, likeness, and purpose into a word that we can use to identify that person or thing. And the name is often inseparable from the character and qualities of that person. A name is important not just because it defines something, but it also tells you what that thing isn't. It's not just that it tells you what something is, but if you define it, that also tells you what something isn't, right? So names have power. There are certain things that we want to be associated with, and there are many more things that we don't want to be associated with. So when we put a name on something, we say, this is what it is. We're putting a label on it because we know that words have power, words have meaning, and so we're going to name it this. Uh, an illustration going along with this, Alexa used to be a name that was primarily given to human children. Now it's mainly for robots. Almost 10 years ago, Amazon released... Alexa, a voice assistant, and the number of devices answering to that name skyrockets daily. Its popularity with American parents, however, has plummeted. In fact, it's suffered one of the sharpest declines of any popular name in recent years. Alexa stands alone as a name that was steadily popular for a long, long time that was pushed off a popularity cliff, if you will, due to the circumstances that surround the name Alexa. When you hear that name, you automatically associate it with something. And parents, whenever they bring a child into this world, they're often very careful and very particular about the name that they put on that child. In 2014, there were approximately 1,500 babies per one million babies that were born, that were named Alexa. And almost 10 years later, that name has fallen to around 200 babies per 1 million that were born with the name Alexa. So that puts it in perspective about what people think about the power of a name. In the 1980s, the name Katrina boasted being in the top 100 girls' names in the 1980s. It would go on to shrink in popularity steadily into the year 2005, because something significant happened on August 23rd, 2005. A Category 5 hurricane named Katrina 
emerged from the Atlantic Ocean and slammed into the East Coast, resulting in billions of dollars of damage, as well as suffering the loss of many human lives. The name Adolf is ranked as the 4,623rd most popular name in the United States, with an estimated population of 2,700 people. That name is in the 98th percentile. That means that nearly 2% of all the first names are more popular than that. There are only 0.87 people named Adolf for every 100,000 Americans. That is statistically basically at zero. And there's a reason for that. That's because there's an association with the name. That's because there's something that's attached with the name. Amen? Amen. Names were often given in biblical times as a way of expressing an emotion or expressing meaning. The name Adam literally means from the earth or from the ground. In fact, that was one of the first jobs that God gave humanity when he made humans. He put them in the garden and he told Adam, your job is all the beasts of the field. You have to give them a name. That was one of the first things that God did when he was interacting with humanity. He said, you see all these animals and you need to go by and give them a name. The name Abraham means father of a great multitude. The name Israel means one who wrestles or one who contends with God. And that would go on to prove to be true with the nation of Israel. The name Aaron means someone who is a teacher or someone who is a mountain of strength. The name Andrew means someone who is a strong man. The name Benjamin means someone who's the son of the right hand. The name Caleb means the devotion of the faithful. The name Elijah means that my God is Yahweh. The name Gideon means one who cuts down or a bruiser or a great warrior. The name Job means he that weeps or one who keeps returning to God. And the name Joseph means may Jehovah add or may Jehovah increase. There are countless other names that we could dive into and do studies on, but I'm here to tell you that there was one name that was given. That means that Jehovah has become my salvation. And how many know the name that I'm talking about tonight? There was only one name that was given, the name of Jesus. The one that all the power in heaven and in earth was given to, the name Jesus. The one who took all the sins of the world upon himself. And he died on a cross at Calvary, the name Jesus. The one who all the principalities and powers of this world cannot contend with. The name Jesus is the name that is higher than any other name. Jesus, Jehovah, is become my salvation. The Yahweh of the Old Testament is Jesus in the New Testament. The name Jesus means all the revelation of God in the Old Testament. And all the revelation of God in the New Testament is joined together into one person, the man Jesus Christ, who John says that he robed himself in flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. How many know the name that I'm talking about is the the name of Jesus? I'm here to tell you tonight that when you call on the name of Jesus, there's something that happens. There's something that happens, and it's not because you said the the magic words or because you you found a, a genie in a bottle, but it's because the name of Jesus has power and authority behind it. Jesus said that all power is given to me in heaven and in earth. That means that the Father, the Spirit, the everlasting Father, 
gave Jesus the authority. Jesus said, if I come in my, own, in my own name, you won't receive me. But if I come in another's name, him you will receive. And so all power in heaven and earth was given to the name of Jesus. Jesus was that lamb that was slain from the foundation of the earth. I mentioned a second ago, John 1.14, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That verse specifically means that word dwelt means that the word was tabernacled. That same tabernacle that we know from the Old Testament where the Israelites would travel and they would set up the tabernacle where they could then commune with God in that specific place. The word dwelt in the New Testament in John 1.14 means that Jesus became that tabernacle. That, that tabernacle that was transported all across, um, all across the desert with the Israelites, that was Jesus in the New Testament. He literally tabernacled himself among us. He became the tabernacle to where we don't have to go through a priest and we don't have to go through a process in the tabernacle, but we have access to the mighty God in Christ. Whenever we come before his presence and we call on his name, I'm here to tell you tonight, you have access to everything that the name of Jesus represents. You have access to your, your deliverance. You have access to your healing. You have access to the power that you need to walk and to commune with God when you call on the name of Jesus. Not because the name Jesus represents anything magical or spooky or anything like that, but it's because the name of Jesus represents a God that loved you and died for you and made a way where there was no way. When there was no way for us to get to God, the, 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 divide between, the divide between us and God was so great, sin separated us so far, it was impossible for us to get to him. But what, when it was impossible for us to get to him, he made a way for him to get to us. The sacrifice that he gave on Calvary made a way for him to get to us. The name of Jesus, meaning Jehovah has become salvation, is a name that he lived up to. We just talked about names a second ago. There's power and association and meeting with names. Well, the reason there's power in the name of Jesus is because he lived up to his name. The reason there's power in the name of Jesus is because his name means Jehovah has become salvation. And whenever he was born of a virgin and he walked among us and he did miracles among us and he took the sin of the world and died on a cross and rose again on the third day, he lived up to his name. The name that was prophesied in the Old Testament. For hundreds and hundreds of years, the name that was, that was prophesied by the prophets, that there would be one who would come. Jesus fulfilled that prophecy. Whenever he walked among us and he did miracles among us and he made disciples and he, he did miracles and he lived up to his name when he did that. And that's the reason that his name is powerful. And that's the reason that that we can feel a touch of the Holy Ghost whenever we call on his name. How many know what I'm talking about tonight? Sometimes you don't have to say a big, long prayer, but you can get in touch with, the with, with God whenever you call on his name. If you call on him, he will answer. And if you knock, he will open up unto you. And if you seek, you will find the name of Jesus was given to us. We can call on the name of the Lord. How many know that we have access to the name of the Lord? The name Jesus isn't just something that, that we can't get a hold of. But the name of Jesus was given to you, and it was given to me. How many have ever been through something in your life, and you felt like there was no way that you could make it? You felt like this is going to destroy my life. This is going to destroy my family. My life will never be the same again. 
And we've all been through things like that, and we, we've all had struggles that we deal with. And if you call on the name of Jesus, that will, exactly, that's going to make all the difference in your life. That will give you strength when you need it. And that will give you power when you need it. But it's not just from saying the name of Jesus. And I believe it's important to call on the name of the Lord, Austin. I believe it's important that we, that we get down on our knees in prayer and call on the name of the Lord. But I'm going to tell you tonight that there are those who are far from God who will call on the name of Jesus. And at the judgment day, he's going to look at them and say, I never knew you. I never knew you. There are going to be those who named the name, the name of Christ. And at the judgment day, Jesus is going to say, depart from me. They might have done miracles in his name. They might have done signs in his name. They might have done wonders all through the name of Jesus. But at that day, Jesus is going to look at them and say, depart from me because I never knew you. I don't want that ever to be said of me. And I know that no one in here wants that. But I'm here to tell you that the reason or the way that we can avoid that is by not taking his name in vain. And when we name the name of Christ, we're in covenant with his name whenever we walk with him, whenever we obey his word. How many know what I'm talking about? There's power when you obey the word of God and when you live the way that he told you to live and when you obey his word and keep his commandments. You know, Jesus said, this is how I know that you're my disciples. You love your brother and you keep my commandments. That's how I know you're my disciple. And so there's going to be people who named the name of Jesus, who God is going to depart, he's going to say depart from me at judgment day. And so what we need to do is not take the name of the Lord in vain. How many have heard that before? That's a commandment. Don't take the name of the Lord in vain. Well, what does that mean? That means don't live in a way to where your covenant with God is made a mockery. You say you, you, say you believe in the name of Jesus and you have covenant with the name of Jesus, but does your life tell a different story? Does your life go in a different direction than what you say on Sunday morning? You come into the house of the Lord on Sunday morning, you might say, thank you, Jesus, you know, I love you, I need you to do this in my life, I need you to do that, but does your life Monday through Saturday live or tell the same story as what you're saying on Sunday? And I don't want that ever to be said of me to where I come into the house of the Lord and I come before the throne room and I say, Jesus, I, need, I love you and I praise you, but my life doesn't back up what I'm saying on Sunday. The Bible says that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What does that mean? That means whoever invokes covenant with God, whoever steps into covenant with God and said, God, I know you died on the cross, and I know you rose again on the third day, but half the battle is me saying, God, I'm, it's, you did that for me. What I'm going to do for you is I'm going to walk with you every day. You did that for me, God. The least that I can do is to live a Christian lifestyle. And the least I can do is obey your commandments. And the least that I can do is to walk in the spirit every day. The least I can do is to serve you all the days of my life. My life will be a living sacrifice. You know, Paul said that's your reasonable service is to be a living sacrifice. It's not unreasonable to live for God. It's not unreasonable to come to church. It's not unreasonable to have a prayer life. It's not unreasonable to raise my kids in the truth. That's my reasonable service. That's what it means to call on the name of the Lord. 
That's what it really means to call on the name of the Lord, is to be in covenant with his name. What does that mean to be in covenant? That means to be in a mutual relationship. A covenant relationship says, I'll do this for you, and you'll do this for me. We first hear that in the book of Genesis. I believe chapter 8 is the covenant that God makes with, um, with Abraham, or chapter 11, rather. Someone correct me if you have it. But with that covenant with Abraham... God gave him a promise and said, I'm going to make your children like the the stars in the sky. And your seed is going to be as the sand on the beach. That's the covenant that I'm going to make with you. And what Abraham did is he walked by faith. Even when it didn't make sense, he walked by faith. You know, we, we preach about faith a lot now. It's, it's really popular and common. I believe in faith. I believe we need to have faith. But I believe that the greatest act of faith that you can have is walking in the spirit every day. I believe that the greatest act of faith that you can do is to commune commune with God every day and obey his word. To me, that takes more faith than anything else. It's easy to come into a sanctuary when the spirit's moving and say, God, I have faith that you can meet my need. But where's your faith at when it's Monday morning and you don't feel the presence of God? Well, then you have to walk by faith. How many know what I'm talking about tonight? We walk by faith and not by sight. Whenever we don't see the miracle, whenever we don't see the promise, that's what takes faith. That's what takes faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Calling on the the name of the Lord is stating our allegiance, our obedience, and ultimately our very lives with the name of Jesus. Those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Those who align themselves with the name of Jesus are going to be saved. Those who walk in the Spirit every single day, those are the people who are going to be saved. It's not the ones who come in on Sunday and, you know, they sing with the praises and worship team and they, and they get with the preaching. And then on Monday, it's like nothing ever happened. And then on Monday, they go back to everything that they've been doing. I don't, I don't want that ever to be said of me. But I'm here to tell you that you can call on the name of the Lord. And you might feel far from God tonight. You might feel like you're not where you need to be. I know I've been there. You might feel like you don't have faith to believe for what God has promised you. But we sang about it tonight. I believe that if he promised it to you, he's going to do it. Because he, he won't fail. He can't fail. And if he made a promise to you, what I encourage you to do tonight is to walk by faith. Because I believe that takes more faith than anything else. It's easy to to come into the presence of the Lord when the Spirit's moving. And it's easy to, to say, God, I, I have faith now that you can do something. But my encouragement and my admission to everyone here tonight would be, is where's your faith in the week? Where's your faith when it's just another day? Where's your faith when you're on the job? And where's your faith when you're at school and you're not in the presence of God and if you don't feel the Spirit moving? Where's your faith then? But my encouragement and admission to you is that you can call on the name of the Lord. You can be in covenant with his name. How many have been baptized in the name of Jesus? You know, the Bible says that all those who have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And if you've been baptized in the name of Jesus, I'm happy to tell you tonight, you are in covenant with the name of Jesus. The the sacrifice that he gave to you, you reciprocated it by being baptized in his name. You have put on the name of Jesus over your life. How many know that makes a difference when you put the name of Jesus over your life in baptism? There's just something different about the name of Jesus. 
And in closing, I wonder if we could all stand tonight. I know we're a few minutes early, but I'm not sure what the procedure or the protocol is tonight, but I just truly believe that there's someone here that needs to get a hold of the name of Jesus. I truly believe that there's somebody here who needs to call on the name of Jesus. Maybe you're going through something. Maybe you're facing something. I'm here to tell you we walk by faith and not by sight. We don't live for Jesus because it's easy, but we live for Jesus because we, we believe in what he said. We have faith in the promise that he has given to us. And as we come to a close tonight, I wonder if, if, if you step out in the aisle, that's appropriate. I'm giving an altar call now, or you can stay where you're at. I don't mind. But as long as you get a hold of Jesus, I wonder if we could do that right now. God, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your sacrifice. Lord, we want to be in covenant with your name. We thank you for the name of Jesus that was given to us. The only name given whereby we must be saved. Lord, I pray that you would touch and that you would bless every person in this room tonight. Lord, someone who needs to get a hold of you, God, I pray that you would meet them where they are. And that you would do a work in every life. Lord, I pray that you would help us to have faith in what you said. I pray that you would help us to have faith in the promise that you've given to us. Lord, we want to call upon your name. Because we believe that there is power in the name. Jesus in the street.